reading from the second chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, beginning with the twelfth verse. Matthew is writing about the Magi. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet out of Egypt. I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated and sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under. According to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentations, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up! Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I want to remind you again, very quickly, of the verse that I focused on with the kids from Hebrews. It says, For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. The question I want to ask you today is pretty simple. A couple weeks ago I said something and everybody chuckled because it's funny. I said that People talk about this being a great time of year because everybody's actually nice to each other. Remember that? And y'all laugh. You know why you laughed? Because you know that in just a few weeks, everybody's going to go back to normal, aren't they? And people will go back to being rude to each other at the gas pumps. And people will start being rude to the cashier at Walmart again. There won't be any pleasantries exchanged. There'll just be the haughty expectations of perfect service and all of those things that people get worked up about. Whether or not someone offers them the respect they deserve in a transaction or whether or not somebody called me first to apologize will sink back into the pettiness that the world teaches us to be normal. 
Because the world would say to us that we should watch out for ourselves first. If there were nothing standing in the way of that, if there were no gospel of Jesus Christ to hold up the possibility that we can be sanctified and transformed, I believe this earth would be a horrible place to live. I see normal all the time. I see how people treat each other. I hear it when I'm with people and they start talking about music. You ever notice that? And they start that music them children listen to now. It's no wonder they all go into hell. <laughs> Have you heard it? Right? Listen. You want to hear some nasty music? Listen to 1950s rock music. It might have been innuendo, but it was still nasty. We're all undergirded by these senses of somehow... We've elevated ourselves and, and gosh, I'm so much more important than everyone else that I should be able to get what I want. And sometimes we even drag that into our practice of the faith. And we start treating God like a cosmic vending machine, hoping that if we put in the right prayer, we'll get whatever it is we want. Those are the normals that are out there. People even use Jesus to elevate themselves above others. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. I see it in things that you don't expect to see it in. Like, for instance, uh, several years ago, I remember sitting in the office at the house and I was watching a documentary about all of these immigrant children that had been put into a holding place. And some people said, well, it's the only place we have for them. And some people said, well, it's a cruel place to put them. And I remember sitting there thinking about this and wondering, when will any of the voices who are talking treat these people like human beings instead of a problem to be solved? Did you notice that during that crisis? There wasn't a question of how do we expand our lives. There wasn't a question of how do we serve a child. There wasn't a question of how do we embrace a child. The question was how do we solve the problem of these children. Now that's going to rub up against some political sensibilities. And just to be honest with you, I don't care. Just so you know ahead of time. So you don't have to call me and tell me I made you mad. I just don't care. Because get this, the attitude that sees immigrant children as a problem is the same attitude that Herod had toward Jesus. It's one and the same. He couldn't see the potential of a child as anything other than a threat to his own power, his own lifestyle, his own wealth. And usually when I hear discussions of immigrant children, I hear about how they're going to crush our medical system. They're going to crush our educational system. They're going to make us all poor. And then I hear people say, well, you know, they're only coming here to work. And I lived in Arizona, and I know that's not really true, just to tell you. I can remember sitting in my apartment hearing gunfire from the gang wars and MS-13 killing people just ruthlessly for no reason. Hey, 
Even MS-13 likes to kill children. It was on the news about once a month. That's normal. That's how the world reacts to the potential of children. With fear. And I know this because even as we were adopting our child, my thoughts were sometimes filled with fear about how my life was going to change. And sometimes filled with fear about what this child's life would turn out like. Any other parents identify with that? Fear. The world works on fear. Tyrants stay in power with fear. Republicans will tell us that if we don't vote for them, our small businesses will fail. Democrats will tell us if we don't vote for them, all you old people in here are going to die next week. You won't be able to get to see a doctor and... You know, grocery stores are going to stop serving you. Whatever. The politics of fear is our normal. But in this season of Christmas, some, somehow people seem to be willing to, to look past that and embrace the idea that something could really be different because a child was born. Do you see that? And so suddenly they're nicer to each other at the checkout counter. They're nicer to each other at the, at the gas pump. They go out of their way to wave at each other and even go to parties with people they don't like. So I ask you, do you want to go back to normal? Having had this time of joy, having had this time of seeing that the one who sanctifies shares a father with us who are being sanctified and is unashamed to call us brothers and sisters. And having celebrated that joy for the last week or so, do you want to go back to living in a politics of fear? Anybody? That's our normal. An ethicist and theologian named Stanley Hauerwas, who taught for 500 years at the seminary at Duke, wrote this. He said, perhaps no event in the gospel more determinatively challenges the sentimental depiction of Christmas than the death of these children. Jesus is born into a world in which children are killed. And continue to be killed to protect the power of tyrants. Every day. Every day somewhere in the world. A child suffers in forced labor. So that we can have the comforts we have. Every day. Some of them are mining lithium for our fancy car batteries. Every day. That's not something people are making up to dissuade you from buying a Tesla. It's the truth. Every day. But as long as it makes our lives comfortable, we're okay with it. But should we be? Knowing what we know about the potential of children. And knowing what we know about the dignity that God gave childhood by coming as a child. 
Can we really go back to normal after celebrating this birth? Can we hear the way of the world personified in a horrible man named Herod? Can we hear that and not examine how we treat children? He goes on to say, Herod's must be resisted, but we must also not forget that the fear that possessed Herod's life is not absent from our own lives. All Jerusalem was frightened by the news of this child's birth, and the same fear continues to possess cultures, our culture, that believe they have no time or energy for children. Abortion is one of the names for the fear of time that children make real. Children rightfully frighten us, pulling us as they do into the unknown future. But that pull is the lure of love that moves the sun and the stars. The same love that overwhelmed the wise men with joy. It is the love that makes the church an alternative to the world that fears the child. And the italics are there to emphasize the word the, because in the fear of children, what the world really fears is the possibility that God could make things new. The possibility that somehow the kingdom of God could actually come on earth and little ones would be valued as much as the tyrant and the king and the wealthy landlord. That's what the world fears. The world fears the economy of the kingdom of God where all people are equal and all people are being sanctified and made holy by the one who died and was raised to set us free from the fear that enables us to turn a blind eye to the slavery even of children. This is the hope that Christmas is rooted in, that the world can be changed. So I ask you again, do you really want to go back to normal? Do you want to live the rest of 2023 as if Christmas 2022 didn't happen? Or even worse, as if Christmas 4 BC didn't happen? Do we really want to live as if the kingdom of God has not come in the person of Jesus Christ? Are we willing to embrace the possibility that God can transform our hearts to where we will see no person as a threat, but as a brother or sister in Christ? This, I think, is a question that every Christian should ask themselves on the brink of a new year. Will we make room for the little ones, even if they threaten our way of life? And a little one doesn't have to be a child. Just anyone that we see is less important than us. The one who sanctifies. 
and the ones who are being sanctified have one Father. Therefore, he is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Knowing this, how could we possibly go back to normal? I ask you that in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.